Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash being boss. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson, and in this episode, I'm joined by Tegan Gerard, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Half Baked Harvest, one of my favorite food blogs, to talk about her journey from food blogger to entrepreneur and prioritizing creating from a place of inspiration. You can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to this show and share us with a friend. As we all know, being an entrepreneur feels less lonely and more approachable when you hear about the journeys of those who came before you or who are making their way alongside you. And if more of those stories is what you're hungry for, cue up an episode of the Finding Founders podcast hosted by Sam Donner, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Designed to inspire, Finding Founders is a podcast about vulnerability and entrepreneurship, where you learn from the life stories of founders, activists, and even drug lords. For something a little more boss-aligned, check out the recent interview with Jen Levy, who turned a passion for gardening into a mission to build community farms and teach others to grow food locally. You can listen to Finding Founders wherever you get your podcasts. Tegan Gerard, New York Times bestselling cookbook author of Half-Baked Harvest Super Simple and Half-Baked Harvest Every Day, creates recipes inspired by the people and places she loves most. Tegan develops, styles, and photographs all of her recipes, making her a standout triple threat in the food world. Tegan launched her blog Half-Baked Harvest in 2012 and has since reached an audience of millions of people who have fallen in love with her fresh take on comfort food, stunning photography, and charming life in the mountains. Her hope is to inspire a love for food and others, as well as the courage to try something new. Her latest cookbook, Half-Baked Harvest Every Day, is available now and everywhere books are sold. Tegan, welcome to Being Boss. I am so excited to have you on the show today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I was just sort of saying before we jumped on that I'm a big fan. I didn't tell you sort of how it doesn't go far. It's not like creepy (laughs) or anything, but I've been baking, uh, baking, baking and cooking things from your blog for years. And you've become a favorite among some of my friends. Like we're like, what have you made from half-baked harvest lately? You've become sort of a reference point um, for holiday get togethers and just like friend get togethers. So it's such a pleasure to be chatting with you today. Um, 
But first, thank you for doing what you do. You feed me Aww. and have fed me for years. Thank <laughs> you so much. I love that. It's always so fun to see, you know, what recipes people really connect with, what you guys, you and your friends are making. It's it's incredible to see. So I love to hear that. That's amazing. Love it. Well, it's a good mixture of like oldies but goodies and we're trying out new things all the time too. Um, and I'm excited to share you with the Being Boss audience today because whenever I think about creating content online and showing up and and just doing the work, you're always one who comes top of mind for me. So I'm very excited to share your story with our folks today. Well, thank you. That's such a compliment, especially for someone who's been podcasting for as long as you have. I mean, you've had to stick with it to you, you're an, you're an OG as they love as they love <laughs> indeed uh, I like to call us dinosaurs in the podcasting world Ooh. a little bit um and I think we'll have some fun things to bounce around today in terms of of what it means to continue showing up and creating in the way that we do uh, we just have incredibly different mediums and ways of doing it so to get started I'd like to start with really just setting the scene and, and sharing with everyone. Um, the foundation of who you are and how you got here so that the rest of our conversation has some really good context. So if you don't mind, let's start there. Share a bit about your journey and let us know how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So it really all starts all the way back in middle school, I guess I would say. So I'm actually one of eight kids. I have five brothers and, um, Gosh, nope. I have six brothers. Um, <laughs> I have six brothers and one sister. Um, and we're just a whole bunch. We're a whole thing. Um, very close with my family. My family is all really, really close. They're a big part of my day to day. They're everything. Um, but you know, when I was in middle school, my we were living in Cleveland at, at the time, which is where I'm originally from. And my dad, you know, things were busy. My mom was a stay at home mom, but she was always more. I think that when my older brothers were younger, she did a lot more cooking. But um, at some point, she sort of transitioned and she just became the baker. She loves to bake um, or loved to bake. And we would kind of have like cookies on the table before like dinner was really thought about. My dad always did dinner, um, but he would work nine to five in the city. And then he would go to the gym. So he wasn't getting home until eight o'clock at night or so. And then we were eating dinner nine, nine 30. And it was like tacos, chicken and rice, you know, a whole dad lot. food. Yeah. A whole <laughs> lot of the same. Um, it wasn't a, my dad's like a great cook. His tacos to this day are like everyone's favorite. Um, but you know, it's time to switch it up. So uh, I've always been someone I never enjoyed school as a kid. And I really like have always just been a creative person, really love to do things with my hands, would rearrange my bedroom on the weekends, always said I wanted to go into styling, wanted to be a stylist. Um, I would do a lot of shopping with my grandma and would style her. She had a mannequin. She was a very I would say high class woman. And she liked, you know, to do a lot of shopping, which I didn't mind. It was so much fun. We would do a lot of shopping together. And um, so I always said I really, really wanted to go into fashion. I really wanted to be a stylist. Um, and that's kind of like what I lived and breathed 
growing up all through high school. But at the same time, I was cooking dinner for my family because I had just started cooking dinner eventually in middle school at some point and um, really never stopped from like the day that I started to, you know, today, honestly, um, I started cooking dinner. It was like just some basic Rachel Ray recipes at first. My brother absolutely loved the cheeseburger mac and cheese, you know, that I made. And um yeah, I think I've really enjoyed being able to make my family and be able to, I'm the middle child, which I don't know, people have all the things to say about that, being able to provide for my family in that way and help out in that way. Um, and I stuck with that all throughout middle school and high school, was going to go to school out in LA for fashion design and went to LA and I was like, I hate LA. No, thank you. Don't need to be here. Um, came home. And at that time we had moved to Colorado. We moved to Colorado when I was in about ninth grade. Um, and I came home to Colorado and it was really my mom, you know, that was kind of encouraged me to start the site. And the day that I started, I really never looked back and I never stopped posting and I post, I've posted, there has been at least five posts a week since that day. Um, and it's been about 10 years now, which is crazy. And that's the backstory. That's amazing. Okay. I have a couple little like follow-up questions along the way. One is, were you styling that hamburger mac and cheese? That I don't think I was. That's why I it. that's why I haven't made it since. Because let's I mean, it's scary. Not much you can do there. When did you start working the styling into it? Like, were you that middle school kid? Because I will say, I very much so remember. Um, Whenever I was about that age, also cooking for my family and like thinking it was really fancy to like salt and pepper the plate before I put the food on. Like that was my version of styling, you know, in like fifth, sixth grade sure. um, of just we, watching Martha Stewart on TV, wanting to style with what you got, salt and pepper, okay, and doing it. So were you styling your food back then? And when did that work into how you were cooking and and sharing this food with people. I think I always tried to make it look nice because I mm-hmm. I truly believe that we eat with our eyes. We do not the first thing that we eat with is our eyes. Obviously we eat with our taste as well. But if that food doesn't look good, why are you, why would you be excited about it? So I always have I think tried to make it look good. Um and was I doing what I do today? No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, I really started to make an effort to style the day I started the site because I just knew for whatever reason, I just knew inside of me, like, I got to make this food look good. Um, and or maybe I just I just loved to make things look good. I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of rhyme or reason as to why I was doing things. I was just doing at the time. I wasn't thinking about it. I was just doing. Um, And I think that was really beneficial to me. I wasn't overthinking anything. I really, there is something to be said about jumping into something full force, all feet in and not knowing anything that you're doing and not having like, well, you know, really like any, um, There was no like, you know, what happens if I, there was no like, 
this was it. It was like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. No big deal. So like I had nothing to lose. Thank you. I was like losing the words. I was, <laughs> all I was trying to say is I really had nothing to lose. So I yeah. just jumped right in and I, I went for it. I didn't overthink anything, which now I overthink everything. So I like semi want to be back to that newbie self. But there's beauty in that beginning part of the process, though, where it's not strategy. You're just showing up. And the way you feel called to show up. And it sounds like you were just in it in that phase. And I understand you get over strategic as things go on sometimes. Um, But that sounds like where you were, where you were just showing up and doing what felt good um, in the way that felt good. And with this, no expectations, let's just see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) None of us do. None of us do. Um, I want to call back to the, you know, 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, when you were in LA, you decided that wasn't going to be the thing you moved back, you were letting go of a dream that you had held for a really long time to come back and do who knows what maybe a food blog, I don't know. (laughs) Right? Do you remember what that felt like? Or or anything, any maybe a piece of advice that you got or a moment of inspiration that maybe put you at ease with leaving that behind to go do something you hadn't thought of yet? No, I mean, I was so scared. And I was like, well, I'm just not the type of person that is going to sit on my butt and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you know, that's kind of why I jumped full force into creating content for the site because I was like, well, I can't just sit here and do nothing. So this is better than doing nothing. Was it what I thought I wanted to do at the time? No, absolutely not. Um, but I went for it. So I just, I just kind of went for it, you know? Um, and I guess I was just trying something new, uh, without kind of almost even knowing it, you know, in a way. And, um, I definitely left that like fashion piece of me for a little bit, but it's come back in recent years and I'm so happy that it has um, because I definitely missed it. So it's, it's cool to see how like a full circle picture, but I mean, at that time I just kind of jumped right into creating content for a food blog. Yeah. Oh, I love that. There, there is a drive that I see there that I see. Um, not as often as I would like, <laughs> but I definitely see in people sometimes where, you know, the thing that you thought you were going to do isn't going to work. So I'm just going to jump whole hog into this other thing and just kind of see what happens. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Um, okay. I want to pivot just a little bit because you live in Colorado. You have a blog called Half-Baked Harvest. Whenever I am recommending your blog to a lot of people, sometimes they think I'm sharing some really interesting brownie recipes. <laughs> And I'm like, no, not that kind of half-baked, a very different kind. Um, Will you share some story? Like, how did you get to that name, Yeah, I guess? And what does that mean to you? Just ridiculous. So (laughs) um, my mom and I were hiking in Mount Hood, Oregon. And we were just like, at the time I was, we were, I was playing with the idea of starting a food blog. I must have been reading blogs at that time during that summer. We would go to Mount Hood during the summers because or I, I think I've been to Mount Hood for like two summers. Um, and the only thing you do in Mount Hood is you hike or you're on the glacier snowboarding or skiing. 
my brother is a professional snowboarder. So we would go, you know, when he was younger, the family would go with him and uh, do summers there. There's nothing much to do in Mount Hood other than snowboard or ski and hike. Um, so my mom and I were hiking and I must have been do I was doing a lot of cooking during that summer because it was like, well, what else do you do? Uh, and I must have been reading like either food websites or food. And, you know, we were like playing with the idea of like starting a food blog. I didn't do it. And that was actually when we came up with the name Half-Baked Harvest. My mom was like, oh, well, the family's so half-baked. We're just very different, you know. And I was like, well, I like half-baked cookies. So cool. And my favorite word is harvest. Half-baked harvest. And I mean... That's just how we started the blog because, like I said, we I, we started the blog really just like almost out of a necessity for me to do something. Um, there was not a whole lot of thought going into the name. It was just like, oh, we'll just call it Half-Baked Harvest. And it stuck. And and I get the questions about the, the brownies and the marijuana and the Colorado all of the time. And I'm like, for a while, it really was like, this is so annoying. But now it's just like it keeps people wondering. So I'm like, whatever, yeah. let's go with it. Yeah, I know. I feel like you do just have to at some point embrace it. And I also <laughs> love that some of the – I feel like a lot of people don't start things because they are so stressed about the name of the thing. But in my experience, when I'm having conversations with people who are like showing up and doing the thing on really big levels, there's usually these like – you know, just sort of like side stories of how this name came along and they just took it because they were going to do it and they had to name it something. And so I love that. Love that this is one of those stories of like it's something that came up during a conversation, during a hike, chose it, did the thing um, and are continuing forward. And just want to throw that out there for anyone who is not doing the thing because you can't find the name. Just do it. Don't oh, I think just that's like it. the best advice in business is like just start and just yeah. do it and just like get going and don't let your hangups like stop you from starting because yeah you're never going to start. No, for sure. Oh, I love it. You just gotta get get going and get creating and do the thing. Yeah. All right. You are a best-selling author, um, a founder, a food blogger, an entrepreneur, a business owner, so many things. Oftentimes in this space, I find people have a hard time sort of claiming what it is that they are, or not even claiming, choosing, because there are so many options. I'd love to know how it is that you refer to yourself. If you are introducing yourself to someone or, you know, if you had a business card, do people even do this anymore? How do you refer to yourself um, and or how do you identify what it is that you do when introducing yourself to others? You know what? Someone just presented me as in um, who I respect so much uh, as an entrepreneur. And I think I'm just going to go with that from now on, because I think that there is so much more to me that, to say that I'm a food block because there's so many more aspects to my business um, and, you know, like you said, I am an author, I am a content creator, I, you know, am a business owner, I am all there's so many more things in the works that I am. So um, an entrepreneur really describes it best, I would say, and I love that sounds good. So I'm going to go with an entrepreneur. High five. High five for embracing that one. I feel like that one's the most maneuverable. You can really do all kinds of things with that one. Yeah. That is a Broad. very large box that you can totally play in. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. I love it. 
Let's dive into content creation because this is really the piece that I wanted to get you in on today. And you even just like blew my mind a little bit more. This idea that you've been publishing at least five times a week for 10 years. You're creating a ton of content, a ton of recipes. You are creating recipes for your blog and you're also doing reels on Instagram and your books and goodness knows what else you're up to. Um, First, do you have any idea how many recipes you've created in that time? Oh my gosh. That is such a good question. Well, like I know at one point my mom was saying it was over a thousand, but I feel like that was like a little bit ago. So, I mean, but I don't think that was including the books. I think that was like the blog. I honestly have no idea. Thousands. Um, but I would thousands, thousands. Thousands. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some old gems on the site. Like, good old oldie recipe gems like I'm like damn that's a good recipe <laughs> i mean it's, sometimes it's I you can still I'm say like, that i'm like the photo is awful but like the recipe is solid yeah okay so a lot like thousands of recipes everyone how many books have you written three three books five times a week for 10 years so many so much creativity being output from your brain, heart, and fingers on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis. My biggest question for you, or where I really want to start this conversation, is how do you stay inspired to create that much? Yeah. My biggest thing is honestly, like, staying off of social. Like I don't really follow a whole lot mm-hmm. of content creators. I don't get inspiration from that. I have always found it hinders me. So I don't really get a lot of inspiration from that. And it's looking to outside sources. Um, you know, I said that I grew up loving fashion. Fashion is a huge, huge uh, source of inspiration for me. My family is a huge source of inspiration for me. The seasons are a huge source of inspiration for me. Um, travel is a huge source of inspiration for me. It's, it's kind of like seeking these outside sources that you, cause you just never know what can inspire something like you just, the most random things, especially for myself, because I'm such a visual person, everything in my brain works in a visual way. Um, the most random thing can really bring, bring up an idea And so I try to surround myself with people that I really enjoy and that don't like, you know, bring me down or whatever. Um, And I do stay off of social. I really don't do any scrolling. I only follow people that do inspire me. That's kind of like a big thing. And I, I've been saying this a lot lately, so I feel kind of bad, but like, I really have no problem with the unfollow button. Um, and if this content isn't serving you anymore, it just, it's, it's just not serving you anymore. So, um, you know, I always say that, but, um, so, but the, the seasons are huge. My family is huge. Travel is huge. Fashion is a big piece of it. Um, and I just am constantly looking to these outside sources for inspiration that like, aren't really the internet. And I think that's really, really helpful to me. And I spend a lot of time thinking, rethinking, reworking, and just like then doing and then reworking a little bit, you know? So I just kind of like, I think the biggest thing for me is I just kind of keep doing. And um, I don't let like, I 
do I have Robux? Sure. But like, that doesn't mean I'm not going to create something that day. So I just keep going. And a lot of times, like, it might take a while to come to an idea. But like, once I get it, it's my favorite. So you just got to keep searching. Yeah. Okay. So real life inspiration, right? In the real world. Yeah. Great gym there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm just not like... I. I spend a lot of time on my phone as it is. So like scrolling just gives me like a, I'm just like, please no, I don't, I don't want yeah. this. Perfect. Perfect. If anyone was looking for any additional um, permission to find inspiration elsewhere, please take that, put down your phone, go out in the world and be inspired. It's October, and that means we're in the final countdown to meet our goals in our businesses for the year. And in this macroeconomic climate, you're also probably thinking about how to best optimize things like budgets and making sure you're scaling your operations into the new year. But you don't want the best probable solution to deal with whatever comes next. You want the best solution, period. Whatever stage of business you're in, HubSpot CRM platform is ready to grow with you at the flip of a metaphorical switch. With totally customizable hubs, HubSpot has thousands of apps that you can easily integrate, use, and get rid of whenever you need them or don't. Plus, clear pricing and an easy-to-use interface means you're not left guessing about whether or not you're getting what you need. That's because HubSpot isn't here to probably grow your business. It's here to help you grow your business, period. Learn how HubSpot can help you grow your business better at HubSpot.com. Late payments from clients and customers is often the worst part of doing business. Not only does it mess with that ever precious cash flow, it's also just awkward and honestly pretty maddening. I mean, You have enough to worry about, so why not let FreshBooks chase down those unpaid invoices for you, which is the power of their automated late payment reminders. Not only will it save you time, it will also keep you from that awkward exchange with your clients about their overdue payments. You can customize these emails and then FreshBooks sends them out and you just keep yourself focused on the other things that need your attention. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss to get started today. You talked a little bit, you sort of hinted at this motivation piece that I wanted to move in next. And, you know, judging by part of like the previous part of this conversation, I feel like you don't need motivation. You just need to do, which... I love it. It's something that we've talked about here on Being Boss before is, again, as we're just talking about, some people won't do the thing because they can't think of the perfect name. A lot of times people are waiting for motivation to do the thing when you don't need motivation. You just need to show up and do the work. And that sounds like your sort of way of being as well is it's not necessarily motivation. Showing up and doing it is, is your default. It's how you, it's, how you create and that's what you're here to do. Does that resonate with you? Or is there like another piece of motivation in there that um, that you find helps keep you going? I think there's certain things that I need motivation for m- more than others. I think that I am just like a weirdly sickly driven person. <laughs> um, like Entrepreneur, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that I really just have a very strong desire to create and to create and to keep moving forward and to keep doing and to keep 
always be doing something more. Um, I love to provide for people. I love, I love to create content. Um, and I love to work. I'm just weird in that way. Um, and, but there are certainly things that I like drag my feet on that aren't as exciting for me that I need motivation for, um, bigger projects, like things that like have a longer timeline. I like starting those is hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's definitely things like, I'm not just like getting up every single morning and like not having a problem here. Like I have projects that I'm working on that I'm just like, this is daunting, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like pushing forward and like, you're just like doing it and getting it done. So, um, I, uh, I'm just kind of like that type of person though. I'm just not going to like, I'm just going to keep doing it. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I feel like you even sort of hinted at a little bit there too, this idea that you're weird because you're so driven, which I don't think is the case. I think you're just <laughs> driven. <laughs> I think that's totally fine. And I feel like a lot of times, I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast or, you know, if you had the ambition to start your own business, you are that way. And I do think society has a way of, of, of you know, letting us know that maybe we're weird or overdriven, or, you know, we need to chill out or whatever. But I think there's something too, if you are just innately that kind of person, embrace it and do your work. I love that for you. (laughs) And same for you. You are, you are creating so much great stuff and your creativity feeds your soul, in which case, yeah, show up and create all the content you could ever create and all of your other projects, um, whether they're as easy to do or not, um, with, without shame or I don't know, you're not weird. You're a boss. High five. It just, you know, <laughs> it is who I've learned to just like embrace who I am because I am not your average. Like there is no doubt. Like I'm just not your average. I um, definitely have my weird quirks. Um, I definitely, you know, like have, I have lots of different things about me and I've just like, you are, I mean, you are who you are to a point. Obviously, if you have some things you need to work on, like you should be working on those and be, you know, but um, you are who you are and the things that make that makes you I think in this day and age, you know, there's so many people really trying to mimic other people and be other people. And I just think that there's something so special about having special things about you. It's me. It's what makes you unique. It's what makes the world interesting. Like, why are you like, why are you unique? You know, you can't be trying to do the same thing as another person because they're already doing it and they're probably going to be doing it better than like you can do it. So um, find what, you know, really excites. I always say this, find what really excites you and run with it and embrace. I think it's so important to like, kind of embrace your flaws because at the end of the day, like a lot of times they can be that thing that's really special about you. Um, I mean, if they're like good flaws, like you just obviously like everything, <laughs> you, know, you guys got to like whatever, but, um, I've just like really learned to embrace the things that make me different because they also make me um, who I am. And I think why people like to follow me too. So, yeah. Mm, Lovely. Thank you for sharing all of that. I agree. I agree with all of those things. I think that those of us in, you know, in these highly productive spaces do have to embrace the fact that we are a little more productive or like I have more of a desire to be productive. And then I also think those like weird quirky things. My thought is that like, those are the things that you're here to learn about in your life. 
And if you like shun them or ignore them or, you know, try to work around them, then you're not here learning the lessons or experiencing the world in quite the way that you're supposed to, which is another reason for embracing your weird little quirks. Um, Embrace them and I don't know, see what you can make out of it. For sure. Okay. I want to dive into what this process actually looks like. So five-ish recipes a week or similar. And I sort of want to look at this in two angles. So maybe you can pick or choose or blend them together. We can do them separately. We'll see what happens. But on one hand, I'd love to know what like a day in the life or a week in the life of you and you showing up and doing all of this work looks like. And then on the other side, I kind of would like to know what like the life uh, or like the birthing of a recipe looks like. So if one of those feels more inspiring to you in this moment, feel free to pick. Um, but I'd love to know what this, what the process of, um, of you being you looks like. Sure. Well, it's not that exciting. Not going to lie. Um, it's, it's truly not. It's when I am here home in Colorado, um, I am, and it's at the cooking day. I do try to break out my days, my time between like a cooking day and an admin day. I don't like to bounce back and forth though. Like on Monday I have to take meetings because they're important. So I have to do it. And I, I also will be, it's, I will also be cooking on Monday. So I hate doing that, but, um, if it's a cooking day, I am, regardless of whether it's a cooking or an admin day and I'm home, I'm getting up and the first thing that I'm doing is, well, I'm I'm drinking water. I drink a big glass of water if you really need to know. And then I'm really, I'm out the door for a hike. Like I really don't do anything. I don't touch my phone. I don't do any, very like sensitive towards my phone. I get no notifications. Like I hate notifications. I hate text messages. <laughs> It's just so not my thing. I'm sorry. I just don't. Um, and um, I'm out the door and I'm I'm hiking. Hiking is like my, I have tried meditation so much, but like hiking is like my meditation. It's also my workout. Um, I've never been someone that wants to go to the gym, but I need that physical activity. Like it gets my endorphins going. It's when I'm most creative. Um, like I have to do something in the morning or I'm not a hundred percent the rest of the day. Like I'm totally off. So I'm out the door for a hike. And that's the first thing I do. It's like the, I'll, you know, it's the first thing I do no matter what day it is. And I'm home, do the coffee, do all that, do the whole like little morning ritual. And then I'll head home or then I'll head from home to the studio. Now I'm very lucky in that my home is about a football field away from our studio space. So it's very, very nice and very convenient. And I'm so happy and thankful that it wasn't always that way where I was able, like I was working out of my house for a while and I was living with all of this behind me and just like living in dishes and surfaces and it was just too much. So very thankful to separate the two. Um, and it's kind of, even though they're like right next to each other, it is so nice to go home at the end of the day. It's just like something about it. You're just like, oh, Zen. Um, but when I'm here, I enter in, I kind of open up my computer. Um, I don't honestly usually open up my email until nighttime. I try to avoid it. Recently, I have been opening up my email because there's just a lot of things happening and it's such a distraction. It is such a distraction. Um, but I am the type of person that is not very with my content. Like 
everybody thinks I'm, you know, weeks, months in advance planned out. No, not even close. I am, I, I said I was inspired by the seasons. I am inspired by the seasons so much. I am someone who really needs to be excited about what I'm doing that day. Um, so I never really have an idea of what I'm making when I come in here in the morning. It is me in the morning, brainstorming, deciding what I want to make, picking like, okay, I'm going to do, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I like write the recipe. I write a grocery list if I need some groceries, um, all of the things. And then I start cooking for the day and I'm really cooking from like the time that I get here, which is usually between 8.30 and 9 to 7 p.m. And like right now I'm not leaving here until 8 p.m. because it's the sun is just the sun is up. If the sun is up, I'm here, I'm cooking, I'm working. Um, so they're long days. I try to get in as much as I can. Also, a lot of people think that I'm doing like five recipes a day. Oh my God, no, that is not the case at all. <laughs> Like, guys, it's a slow process. I take my time with these things. And like the baking recipes, like the cooking recipes, sure, maybe I'm getting them right the first time. Maybe I'm not. But like, I have to test these. They got to work. So, you know, the baking recipes could need a lot of retesting or redoing or like, I could start it and be like, this isn't going to work. Scratch this idea. Like, or I can literally get through all of the photos, all of the video and be at the end of it. Be like, I don't like this. This is no good. I'm not using this. I'm very particular about the things that I share. If it doesn't feel special to me and it doesn't feel worthy of posting, I will not share it. I think that gets me, can be a little bit troublesome for me because I, I've honestly noticed that the recipes that I the content that I have shared that I've been like not as excited about performs the best. I'm just bizarre. <laughs> it just, it's bizarre. That's how it works. That's I know. how it works sometimes. I know. It's bizarre. So that's kind of like a cooking day. And I'm really here. Um, I'm not, I don't have like people think I have help and all of these things. Like it's me, it's my phone, it's a camera um, and nothing special, you know? So and a kitchen. It's a great kitchen. It's a nice kitchen. I will say that. Um, I have a lot of space, which is really nice. And I have a lot of dishes. Um, but it's super basic. It's not like this huge team of people doing things. It's, I think one of the keys to my success, which is also very hard as we're growing and we're creating more and we're working on new projects and new things that are much bigger picture. Um, I think one of the keys though, for me is that I've always been that person that's creating the content that is really the brains behind the operations. And um, it's it's me. It's really me. So um, I'm the one kind of here. I do have help with dishes and I do have help with the grocery store and things like that. But as terms of like creating the content, filming the content, photographing the content, that is all me. Um, doing the recipes, doing the re-edits to the recipes, writing the recipes. Um, that's all me. So that's what I'm doing kind of like here during the day on a cooking day. If it is an admin day, try to bulk up all of those calls. I'm either doing podcasts. I'm either in meetings. Um, on, I'm on the phone. Like today, I am on the phone from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. Um, like back to back to back. So um, that's an admin day. It's just kind of like that. And then I do emails and write content and things like that at night. Yeah. Oh, so there's long days, you know, like at and then I go home and even though like I'm home, 
that's when I open up my email and I get back to, I'm, I'm not the greatest with email, but like, that's when I respond to the important emails. That's when I'm posting my Instagram stories. Um, you know, it's just, it is, it's a lot of hard work. I think people underestimate having your own business because when it is your business, it really doesn't sleep. It's kind of a 24 seven thing. And I think that most business owners will tell you that like, it's a lot of work, you know, cause there's always something to do. There's always something to think about. That's what, like, I'm always about. thinking about it. Even if I'm not doing it, I'm thinking it. Yeah. Um, that is such a great little peek behind the scenes at what it is that you're doing. Question. If you are doing a cooking day, when is that episode or when is that episode? Obviously a podcaster here. Um, when is that recipe going live? Um, usually I've been good enough in the last couple of years about it. Like, so that's like a week out. I have yeah. at least a week of, of content. Um, sometimes it is the next, uh, not, it's never the next day, but it could be the following day. Yeah. Um, it just depends. It just depends, honestly, where I'm at. Like I was just in New York for a week, so I'm pretty low on content. And the recipe that I made yesterday is going to be Monday's recipe. Perfect. Perfect. Um, are you ever doing more than one recipe in a day? And are you being strategic with your recipes across an entire week? Well, I'm not sure what you mean about the strategic with my recipes about the entire across an entire like, week. Like are you are you meal planning your recipe tests? Basically. No, no, not really. I am <laughs> okay, so Okay, love it. I am so off the cuff. Um yeah. But no, I usually try, I mean, some days it's only one recipe that yeah. I'm getting through and some days it's two, some days it's three, but most of the time two is like a great average. Love it. And when it comes to planning out your content on whatever scale it is that you're doing, because I know you do, you do baked goods, you'll do like a soup or, you know, some sort of just like hot cooked thing. Um, and then cocktails. Are you like thinking I've done, you know, three hot meals, I need to do a baked good and a cocktail or you, <laughs> or is there no strategy in that? No, Where do you I mean, that? I try to like make sure that it's not like all week long, a bunch of pastas or something like that. Sure. <laughs> um, I do. I, when I started, I was really, really particular for some reason about Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday were all like a savory dinner type of recipe or mm, something like yeah. that. And Tuesday and Friday were something sweet. Um, I've stuck with that mentality for most of the 10 years, to be honest with you. Now I'm like a little bit more lenient with what Tuesday is. Sometimes Tuesday is like a fun appetizer or it's usually not a dinner. I think it's just nice to break those up. But um, Friday is usually always some kind of sweet. I don't know. Friday just seemed like a fun day. <laughs> Do something sweet. Indeed. So I rolled with it. And then Saturday has always been my cocktail day, um, especially like in October um, for the last, gosh, like three years or so. I'm not even sure now. It's It's been a minute. I, I do cocktail Saturday through October, November, and December. So like October is you know, the start of fall drinks, how some fun Halloween ones usually because I love Halloween. I'm a holiday girl, love the holidays. Um, and then 
November is, you know, holiday cocktails, entertaining cocktails, and December is Christmas cocktails. And I have a lot of fun with them. So I always do. And that's six recipes a week on the cocktail days. Um, But I have so much fun with those. And those are just like a way for me. That's just like a different kind of creativity that I have a lot of fun with. Um, And I love holiday content. I'm very excited for the coming months. I can tell when you started talking about that. No one, no one can see this, but you just like, you light up, you start talking with your hands a lot. You're so excited. I'm down. I have like a little (laughs) bit of a cold. So I'm like pale as all heck right now. And you can just see it's like the, the, I love it. Yeah. Love some holiday cocktails. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. I have tried several. They are fantastic. And actually what I want to do too, for anyone who's interested in my favorite recipes of yours, I will make sure they are in the show notes. I'm going to send those to the team. Tell me one of yours. What's your favorite off the top of your head? Oh, my favorite favorite. I've had it like two or three times always this summer. For me, it's like the quintessential summer one. And I think it's like one of your most popular. It's that corn, bacon, chicken, like creamed corn situation. It's a good, that's a good recipe. Oh my God, everybody. It is delicious. If you guys um, haven't made that, top yeah, notch. Yeah, it is top notch. I think is, about it. Is, we're like at the end of corn right now, corn season. It's a good time to make it. Yeah, I, I squeezed one more time of making it out of our the last corn that I could get as well. I was like, yeah. all right, these are like the sad pieces, y'all. We can have it one more time. Yeah. One more time. Yeah. So that's, that's probably, that's my... most top of mind favorite, but I'll go through, add a couple to our show notes. If anyone is interested, um, Emily's like (laughs) Emily's, um, cherry picked faves. No, I'm Um, curious. I want to (laughs) know. Perfect. Perfect. I'll make sure you have a link. Um, so I love this little peek because what I wanted to, to illustrate for anyone listening is, is how it is that you go at content strategy. Again, I think a lot of people don't go into creating content on this level because they think they need to plan things a month in advance or they need to have this incredibly That's rigid when I structure. Get in trouble. <laughs> okay. So maybe lessons learned. Like I'm just, I, I'll, I'll, I just won't be excited anymore and I won't use the content. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have to feel excited about what I'm sharing. I have to feel excited. Yeah, I can totally see that. I can relate to that in seasons when we do a bunch of like really like batched up episodes because maybe I want to take a month off or whatever it may be. I struggle with some of the ones that come out at the end of it because I don't even remember having that conversation or who was it or like someone will, you know, email me like, I love that thing you said. And I'm like, what did I say? Like, I don't even... It's, well, it's difficult for me. I too. understand that too. But like, also what I mean is that like, I have to be excited in the moment of creating it. So if I'm creating recipes in August mm. or November, I'm not excited yeah. and I'm not inspired. So that's kind of what I mean. Like I have to feel inspired in the time. And so because I'm creating for that time and then posting in that time, it just, that's why I'm not as, I would love to be months in advance on content in reality, yeah. but like, I just need to feel really inspired like on that day to create something. So that's why it's always really hard. Like cookbooks are actually really, really hard for me because I'm Mm -hmm. essentially creating um, a recipe for something that isn't going to be seen for honestly like two years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it can be really hard for me to like be excited about that and to be like, like I want to create this. And a lot of times I'm creating things because you're creating cookbook content, like 
a lot of times you're creating those recipes within a span of two months. So you could be needing to create fall recipes in in literally the spring. That's not like, I don't want to be doing that. So that that's, that's what I mean by it being like really hard for me to be in advance. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. Because what I'm also hearing here is that the maybe one of the ways that you've been able to keep at content creation on this level, and not even content creation, like that, just creativity, like creation for creativity's sake, is that you have prioritized creating in the way that keeps you inspired enough to keep creating. Whereas I feel like a lot of times people will over-systemize or like uh, prioritize the wrong things, like being super ahead or making sure things are super strategically planned out to meet, you know, X, Y, or Z goal. Whereas your goal is being inspired enough to show up that day and do the thing. Yeah. And my, I, I kind of, I would agree with that. And my uh, cookbook editors and publisher, they hate me. Because no, 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 they, they, they hate me because the way that I like to do the books is really like, um, way too fast for them, way too fast for them to on their end to actually like create the book because I'm like, okay, well, I want to create the content this way and do it like this. So that I'm excited about it. And then it's going to publish in, um, six months. So you guys have like six months to take this and do it. They, whatever. Anyways, it's, it's very last minute with me. And, um, they hate me for that, but they love the books. So we're yeah. good. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can yeah. get your way in some things at least. Um, I think that's I think that's such an important thing to uh, highlight here is that is that you have figured out what works for you. And even if it doesn't work for, you know, blueprints or, you know, sort of blogging, you know, quote unquote best practices is more like what people want oh, I don't to do or those blogging best practices. <laughs> Right, you shouldn't. (laughs) You shouldn't. I think what you're doing is fantastic. (laughs) Sorry. Right, but but you're showing up to do it in the way that you most want to do it, and because of that, you've been able to stick around for this long, creating um, in this way, in a way that is. um, And I also just want to highlight that, like you know, you're not you know a content creator creating some TikToks or um, or you know even even just a blog post. You're creating a recipe. You are photographing said food. You are then writing about it and then creating accompanying marketing or like, you know, social media stuff around it. Um, This is a vast creative process. um, And you have really found what most works for you. Did you always feel that way? And if not, how long did it take you to get to that place? Um... Well, I've always been in this place because I've Mm. just always done it this way. I've tried to do it another way and it doesn't work for me. Um, I've tried to sit and have days where I plan my days and I plan my weeks and I'm just like, I can't do this. This is a waste of time for me. So I just stopped and I just do. It's Is it chaotic? Do the people on my team kind of hate me for it? Absolutely. But also like at the end of the day, it's kind of how I get it done. Yeah. And it works. And like, not um, only it's how you get it done, but people also love it. They just have learned, learned to work around it. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's good. It's a madness. <laughs> but it's good. At least you know it. At least it's you good. Know it. You got to do what works, you know? You got to do what works, guys. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Tegan, this has been such a pleasant conversation. I have so appreciated sort of a peek under the hood as to how it is that you are showing up and creating on the scale. I've always wondered, as a content creator myself, I'm always like, how in the world is she doing all this? One, I'm blown away that you are doing all of this yourself. I have late nights. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But you also have like you have a very driven work work ethic. Um, we can talk about work life balance one day to see if that's really <laughs> where you most want it to be. Right. But like but you're showing up and doing work in a way that feels really great to you. And I think as um, as a, someone who admires people's creative process, I do have to say I have some admiration for how it is that you show up and do this work. Uh, thank you. I yeah, I really, I do. I think it's really about embracing what works for you because especially in today, because there are so many things, you know, you read online, this is how you should do it. And this is, this is the way that I did it. And I found success. And it's like, but what works for you? Because what works for someone else might not work for you. We're all different. So, so different, you know? So it's just like, you got to figure out how you work and what makes you work. Um, and what's going to make you show up. I mean, this is so cheesy, but like show up and be your best self every single day. Absolutely. Oh, I think that's a really fabulous place to start wrapping this up. I do have a couple like final quick fiery questions for you. Um, number one, what is your favorite recipe? I hate when people ask me this. (laughs) I'm just, okay. Okay. Then maybe scratch that. It changes, it changes, no, wait, it changes with the season. It yeah. really does. It's, I'm such a seasonal, like, I love a mood, okay? So, like, I, yeah. in the summer, I love a light, airy, breezy mood. In the fall, moody, dark, like, cozy. Um, It depends on the month. If it's a Halloween month, my favorite recipe is definitely one of the cocktails that I'm sharing because they're so fun. Um, So, like, I can't say what my favorite. Okay, you don't have to. Then I have a follow-up question that may be a little bit easier. We are recording this in September. I can't remember when this is going live. September, October, somewhere around in there. Um, Given these vibes, if you were to make a recommendation for someone wanting to check you out for the first time, what do you recommend they make? Okay, so we are entering fall. This is definitely going to come out in the fall. I would do one of the apple recipes or one of the pumpkin recipes. One of my favorite apple recipes from years back. If you're a sweet person, you should try the apple cider donuts. They're baked, not fried guys. Try those. They're really, really good. Or my apple salad. It's like a honey crisp apple and feta salad. It's so good. Um, and if you are a pumpkin, pumpkin lover, I have a lot of savory pumpkin recipes that are super delicious and a really easy, um, pumpkin ravioli or like a butternut squash pasta. There's some good fall recipes. My fall recipes, everybody that follows me will tell you are my bread and butter. Yeah, for sure. Okay, perfect. We'll go look up some of those and put those in the show notes, but also you cannot go wrong. Go to her website, check them out, which is my sort of next question. Where can people find more about you, your books, and all of these fabulous recipes? Yeah. Half-Baked Harvest is kind of the hub. You can find everything about me there. You can find my Instagram handle, which is also Half-Baked Harvest. My TikTok, which is, I believe, Half-Baked Harvest. 
Um, and, but everything is really kind of, you can find everything there. You can subscribe to the newsletter, get all of the recipes. Uh, and if you follow on Instagram, for sure, you'll see a lot of behind the scenes on Instagram stories. Perfect. And my last question for you is what makes you feel most boss? Oh, you know what? It's, um, it's really creating a strong team. And having a strong team because we're just really starting to do that. And it's one of the hardest things that I've had to do with owning your own business is um, creating a team and learning how to be a boss because being a boss is really, really hard. Yeah, it is, especially when you are used to doing all the things yourself. Exactly. (laughs) Perfect, Tegan. This has been such a treat. Thank you so much for coming and sharing this conversation with me. Um, I'm about to go do some meal planning with your blog. Well, I hope you find some good recipes. I know I will. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, boss, because you're here, I know you want to be a better creative business owner, which means I've got something for you. Each week, the team at Being Boss is scouring the news, the best entrepreneurial publications, and updates and releases of the apps and tools that run our businesses, and is curating it all into a weekly email that delivers the must-know tips and tactics in the realms of mindset, money, and productivity. This email is called Brood. We brew it up for you each week to give you the insight you need to make decisions and move forward in your creative business. Check it out now and sign up for yourself at beingboss.club slash brood. That's beingboss.club slash B-R-E-W-E-D. Now, until next time, do the work, be boss. Yeah.